Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to The Audible, presented by Trader Joe's. I'm Stuart Mandel, joined as always by Bruce Feldman for our second episode of the week. It's a kind of a light slate of games this week, Bruce, but there is one pretty big one in prime time in the SEC, Georgia-Auburn, and that's why we wanted to bring on our excellent Georgia beat writer, Seth Emerson. All right, we are pleased to be joined now by the Athletics Georgia writer, Seth Emerson. Nobody covers the dogs more thoroughly than Seth, and uh, obviously they're playing in a big game this week. I know every game is it seems big in the SEC these days, but certainly Georgia-Auburn in prime time, uh, both teams ranked fairly high. But Georgia coming off not the greatest debut uh, against Arkansas. What Seth, what's the panic meter in Athens right now? after they had to uh, pull, change quarterbacks, pull out of that hole against what is supposed to be a pretty lowly Arkansas team? Well, the the panic meter is lower than it would have been if they hadn't gotten things in order in the second half. There, You'll hear from some people saying, look, they still covered the spread. Uh, they'll be fine with Stetson Bennett. But if they hear that Dwan Mathis might start again, they're going to – there's going to be some who say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, that's, you know, it, it's it's interesting. They're playing Auburn. They're playing this huge game. And it just, it feels weird. They The Auburn game, historically, is like the second or third to last game of the year. And it's in mid-November when it's cold, when there have been nine or ten games. It's the stretch of the season. Instead, it's game two. And you're thrown into this suddenly this top 10 matchup that isn't this like fun top 10 matchup like a Notre Dame type game where you're comparing yourself against someone it's it's a game that is going to have huge implications for Georgia and they're still figuring out their offense they're figuring out their quarterback they're figuring out their offensive line they're trying to figure out if they've got as good a running back as they've had in past years and and so yeah there's there's I, I wouldn't say there's panic around here but there's definitely some reservations. Seth, I wanted to ask you, so there's a lot of eyeballs on the quarterback spot. You know, first you had Jamie Newman, talented, but Wake Forest transfer didn't stay there over very long. He ends up opting out. And you have JT Daniels who transferred in from USC and he had a big reputation because he was a five-star guy from a powerhouse program at modern day that cranks out quarterbacks. And, there was, you know, granted, he graduated early to go to USC, but it was up and down, no doubt. And I think there were some people at USC who quite honestly felt like, okay, Keaton Slovis, even though he's a three-star guy, has a lot of the qualities that they didn't see in JT Daniels. But still, JT Daniels was a five-star guy. And when five-star guys, especially at that position, transfer, you know, people just kind of 
the hype cranks up. And so he goes there. And right now, I mean, some of the things I had heard was, and again, he's coming off a knee injury. I had heard he had a procedure in January, I guess. And his mobility is still a little bit of a question. It was not great beforehand. Um, and given the struggles of the offensive line, especially on the right side, how much do you think that factors into how Kirby Smart looks at this quarterback situation? Yeah, I think it, it factors a lot into it. When Kirby announced Monday morning that he will be cleared, that's the term he used, quote, he will be cleared uh, for the Auburn game, the, the narrative that immediately emerged, despite people like me pointing out in the same tweet saying that he'll be confirmed that Kirby says, I don't know that this changes much in terms of the equation and development, whatever, but the narrative people was here comes JT Daniels to the rescue. He's the new starter. Look, I don't know if he's going to play Saturday. He's available, which apparently he wasn't Saturday at Arkansas, but as we're talking right now on Wednesday, not sure when you're listening to this out in podcast land, but I've heard that on Monday, Dwan Mathis got most of the first team reps in practice, which for a lot of teams, Monday is kind of a cleanup, fix the mistakes from the previous game day anyway. So don't look too much into that. But on Tuesday, it was a little bit more split between Dwan Mathis and Stetson Bennett. Now, do we get around to Wednesday and we start to hear that JT Daniels is getting more work? I think it would be a lot of work to make up at this point for JT Daniels to be the starter and to play. So I think you're probably at this point still going in with Stetson Bennett and Dwan Mathis competing. And yeah, what you said about the mobility thing and when you've still got a line that has some questions, Stetson Bennett has mobility as well. So, I mean, he's like a legit four or five guy. So he and Mathis are in a lot of ways similar, but Bennett, offers them experience you saw when he went in the game the passing game was more crisp they were able to get into tempo into rhythm but they chose Dwan Mathis to be the starter after like you said not from the beginning of preseason because Jamie Newman was going to be the guy at first but they had about three weeks where they were working with the assumption of Dwan Mathis being the starter so are you going to throw that out the window based on a quarter and a half of just not looking ready for it. Maybe they do, but maybe they don't. Uh, maybe they give him another shot. I mean, look, they've got three quarterbacks right now. And what was the John John Madden popularized the expression of if you've got two quarterbacks, you've got none. I don't know if he ever said anything about if you've got three quarterbacks. So Georgia's got itself a muddle right now. Yeah, I mean, let's just follow that up and clarify because I think a lot of people out there, and I saw it in, in the reactions to a comment I made in my mailbag Wednesday, just assumed that the only reason Dwan Mathis was starting in the first place was, you know, until JT Daniels comes back. But that's not my understanding of how the preseason played out. I mean, I know he never, Kirby never actually had to make this announcement, but it is your is it your read of what happened in preseason that Mathis just moved ahead of him on the depth chart? Yeah, I, I think it's a mixture of, the two i on the one hand on the one hand they weren't absolutely sure jt daniels would be able to play in the opener which obviously he didn't he couldn't um he was healthy enough to make the trip and to get into uniform but i think you have him on the sideline there so that he's part of the conversation he's in the pregame meeting he's on the sideline so he you know so you're he definitely is in their plans all along 
but they didn't know for sure he was going to be cleared. So they didn't want to waste a bunch of reps on somebody who might not be cleared. On the other hand, they really liked what they saw from Dwan Mathis. So you're kind of going on two different tracks here and you're going with two different quarterbacks too. Dwan Mathis is a dual threat guy. JT Daniels is more of a Jake Fromm type. And Dwan Mathis showed them enough and impressed them enough that they said, well, you know, let's not split reps with JT Daniels and then find out closer to the game whether or not he can play. Let's roll with Mathis because we think he can do it. He brought us confidence. So I, I don't know if you can say for sure, Stu, that like he beat out Daniels. It was a little bit more of a nuanced decision, but it, Mathis did not get it by default that just because JT Daniels wasn't available. And then, by the way, you had Stetson Bennett hanging in the background. The guy who has been around George's program left and came back, but he's been around long enough that he was mimicking Baker Mayfield during Rose Bowl prep in 2017. So the fact that they were able to throw him in the game the way they did without him getting that many first-team reps, if any, in the lead-up to the Arkansas game speaks to Bennett. Um, And it'll make it interesting. It, it, It complicates the decision because... On the one hand, you could say, all right, now give Stetson Bennett some first-team reps, and he'll be even better. Or you could say, well, look, he look how well he did as the fallback option, so let's keep him as the fallback option and roll out Dwan Mathis again and give him another chance or roll out JT Daniels. Back to the podcast in a second, but first a word about DraftKings. Last week is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and prepare for this week. There's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. You draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, and catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. You just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now and use code RUN. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week four action. Enter code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code RUN, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Seth, I think this is an interesting year in that uh, for the first time in a while that Florida is the team a lot of people are picking. They were the preseason pick for the SEC East title. And when you look at what Georgia has, especially after what a dud of a first half they played against, it's probably the worst team in the conference in the opener. So now you look at the next five weeks. It is a interesting sprint. So Georgia will play Auburn. We know Auburn, even though they lost Derrick Brown, still has some studs on defense. Then Tennessee comes in there, and Tennessee is a top 25 team. I don't know if they're ready to knock off Georgia, but they're formidable. Then they got to go to Alabama. Then they got to go to Kentucky. And then they play Florida. Um, when you look at what Georgia has right now, how do you see them getting through that that next five weeks or these next five weeks? You know, before the year, I, I picked them to be 
five and one at that point with the Alabama game as the the loss. But I, I still felt like Alabama game was kind of a coin flip, especially in a year where home field advantage would be very minimal. I don't want to overreact to week one too much. I, I want to see how Georgia looks against Auburn. But the way their offense did struggle and the uncertainty that emerged at not just quarterback but running game, a, a central point to all this is that with a normal Georgia where you've got a couple great running backs and a lot of five stars and just a big great offensive line that is bashing over defenses you can get by with an okay quarterback situation I mean they still were 11 and 1 heading to the SEC championship last year in a year where Jake Fromm had regressed and wasn't as good as he was as a freshman and sophomore the problem this year guys is that their run game needs to be better they, I, I, I don't. Zamir White got better as the game went on against Arkansas. Not explosive early. Started to get better. James Cook, the other guy, is just he he had a rough game and he hasn't showed it yet. And their offensive line wasn't able to get this great push. So they may do some tweaks this week. They may move some guys around. But if and, and Auburn's a test because, like you said, they they've always got those D linemen, whether or not. Derek Brown is there and whether or not Big Cat Bryant is able to play right now that looks like it's questionable but it's still Rodney Garner recruiting that D-line so this is going to be a test and if they're able to come out and if they're able to run the ball better between that and their defense they should be okay if they're just solid at quarterback but the quarterback issues are going to be magnified as long as the running game and the pass blocking Pass blocking was still okay. It was mainly the run game. It was mainly going forward. But it, the quarterback issues are going to be magnified until the whole offense is in better shape. Uh, so it, it's it, quarterback, like I said, it's going to get all the attention, but it's not the only thing that you have to answer on this offense. And, and yeah, I mean, if, if they look like they did in the first half against Arkansas, Auburn's a loss. Uh, Alabama's certainly a loss. Florida's probably a loss. And Kentucky and Tennessee are going to be competitive. But they're not as bad as they showed in the first half against Arkansas. The question is how much better are they in that game? They could still come out of this like 6-0 and or 5-1 and in good shape. But, yeah, Florida looks more competitive now. Um, I mean, it was going to be competitive, but it looks more dangerous now. And, and every game in this upcoming five-game stretch looks competitive unless they get this offense in order. Yeah, I think it's interesting in the SEC this year with the 10-game schedule. I, I, don't, I don't feel like, like you said earlier, you know, Auburn, big game, conference title implications, but not quite as much as it would have in, in an eight-game schedule. Like, it's just such a long season that they could they could get off to a rough start. They could lose to Auburn. Um, and then, you know, six weeks later, everybody else has a loss or two, too. We'll just we'll have to see. But in terms of the SEC East, kind of looking a little bit bigger picture here, um you know, I was very surprised. I think a lot of people were too when the SEC uh, pre you know media preseason poll came out last week, and Florida was actually picked to win the East uh, because I think that the the general perception is that while Florida's had a, a good couple years the past couple of seasons under Dan Mullen, that they generally overachieved, and that Georgia still has you know they've signed number one, number two recruiting classes every year. They're still the far more talented team. Okay, I don't want to overreact too much to week one, but Georgia had the issues they did, 
And then conversely, Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts, I mean, just went out and put on a show against uh, Ole Miss. And then Tennessee had a nice road win at South Carolina. So it, it, what is your feeling on, on the state of the SEC East right now? I, I definitely I, – I was with you and a lot of other people that I was surprised when I saw Florida was the pick because I know that there were some kind of loud voices in the preseason saying, oh, this is Florida's year. And I kind of thought it was just boredom. <laughs> people were looking for a new angle in the SEC East because Georgia had won three years in a row and it wasn't close. And it you still look at the talent gap and say, well, you, you got to pick Georgia. But they, they found enough voters to pick Florida. And week one gave them – reason to feel vindicated but we've got a long way to go I, I want to see how Georgia looks against Auburn and you want to see if Florida is able to get its defense in order but look I mean I, I covered a Georgia team last year that relied on its defense and there were a lot of people I wasn't one of them but there were a lot of people saying ah defense wins championships they'll shut down Joe Burrow and LSU they've, they've you know yada 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 and we saw what happened I mean this is this is a different day and age in college football. And would you rather have a strong offense or a strong defense right now? And that's why Georgia needs to get better on offense. Because will their defense automatically shut down Florida's offense enough and win enough games if their offense is not moving the ball well enough? No, it, it won't. Um, I'm not ready to change my pick. I, I, I want to give it another week. And like I said, the thing that Georgia still has going for it is its depth and its experience for as much as it struggled it still pulled away and basically covered the spread depending on when and where you place the bet and I, I think Georgia may have actually still had the biggest margin of victory of any SEC game last week um, it's just how bad it looked in the first half is, is everyone's takeaway so yeah but I, I've, I've been on the Tennessee I don't know if I'd say bandwagon but I've been saying for a while that Tennessee's on the arrow's up there. Jeremy Pruitt was going to recruit well, and I think he's shown himself to be a better coach than people thought he may be. Mark Stoops just has a solid program there at Kentucky that could be dangerous. And even looking further down, like I know South Carolina lost to Tennessee, but I I, I covered a game where South Carolina beat Georgia last year. So it, it's, it's getting tougher for Georgia in the SEC, but I, I'm not ready to bury them yet. Seth, as we're taping this, uh, earlier this month, you released a book, Attack the Day, Kirby Smart, and Georgia's Return to Glory. Uh, I appreciate you sending a copy my way. Um, <laughs> something I actually already started reading, and thank you. Um, so I have two questions for you. One, uh, what made you decide to write this book now, at this, you know, going into 2020, and that what that decision-making was like? And two... As you're sitting there watching the Arkansas game, knowing you have a book coming out, a book that is out, how much are you thinking, man, this is not going to do well for my book if they lose this game to this Arkansas team? Second question first. I'm thinking, well, officially I'm not thinking about my book. That's selfish. But uh, I'm thinking, thank goodness they moved the season back by four weeks uh, because that gave me 26 days. The game was on the 26th. release was on the 1st. 26 days for people to have nothing to do and to think about what's about to happen. And so they read about what did happen. Um, it may turn out okay. I just, I, I, the best thing for my book sales, because Christmas is the next like 
run, you know this, Bruce, having done books, is that Georgia continues to do well. But the bottom line is this book is about the last five years of the program, 2015 to, to 2019, and, and especially that era, that 2015 to 2017, not era, but like part of Georgia history that I think is so key. Um, the Triumph books came to me with the idea actually after the 2017 season, and long story short, going back and forth in terms of timing, giving me time to write it and research it, it came out when it did um, before the 2020 season. And, and I, But I really focused on that zone. Starting in 2015, Mark Rick's last year and everything involved in that, um, Kirby Smart coming in, what he did to change the culture, the things he's done to improve the recruiting around here. Uh, but what I think really carries the book is is the stories from people inside the program. I talked to former players. I, I didn't want this to be a cookie cutter, just rehash of things that had already been out there. Um, I went and interviewed, especially for the book, former players, former staffers, coaches, even some people still around the program. And then, of course, there's my own kind of institutional knowledge being there every day and kind of paint a picture chronologically of, of what I think is a cool story uh, about a if you're a Georgia fan I think it's a you know you'll you'll love it um, even if you're not a Georgia fan it, it's an interesting story about a program that a lot of people thought was should have been one of the elite programs in the country but wasn't quite there that this is how they got there and and there's they're still there as we record this on Wednesday morning. Uh, we'll see what happens in the Auburn game. But they escaped disaster at Arkansas, and Georgia is still a national title contender in 2020 as we record this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting time for them in that um, you, know, you use the, pro, the word national elite. I mean, based on the record they've had since 2017, based on uh, where they are compared to where they were those last three or four years under Mark Rick, obviously the recruiting success, like they have established themselves as one of the, um, you know, most formidable programs in the country. And yet there are people who are going to hold it to the standard of, well, they haven't won the national title. Uh, they, they, they ended up in the Sugar Bowl the last couple of years. So sorry, they don't get to call themselves that. And I would just say, well, if that's your standard, then I guess there are three programs in America that can call themselves that uh, because a lot of people would like to be in Georgia's shoes right now. They are the Atlanta Braves of the Bobby Cox era without the one title that some people still put an asterisk on because it was a strike year, but I don't think that's fair. Um, but look, Braves fans ultimately will take that around here, and I'm, I'm, I'm in Braves land here. And I think Georgia fans ultimately will take that too. They want a championship, but I don't think people around here are going to fire Kirby Smart in the next five to ten years as long as they're in the conversation every year, most every year. And, and right now they're in that position. Back to the podcast in a second, but first, Bruce, a word about one of our sponsors, Artifact. So, Stu, Artifact sets you up with one of their professional interviewers to capture stories about the important people or things in life. Think about it like your own favorite podcast, but about whatever you want. You can do things like have them interview your parents about what their lives were like before you were born or a birthday gift for your significant other, or have them interview close friends about her and the importance of their relationship. There's all sorts of ways to use Artifact. And in fact, you and I used Artifact to do a podcast episode where we were interviewed about our friendship and meeting back at ESPN Magazine in 1998 and... Uh, 
and the origins of the Audible. You can listen to that episode, by the way, at heyartifact.com slash audible. And the other thing is, not to get cheesy, but like we've both known each other since we were single, and then we both eventually got married, and we both had children, and we've, you know, I think that's that's at the end of the day, like that's a much deeper bond than college football. Here's how it works for you. Go to heyartifact.com, tell them a few basic things about what you want the artifact to be about. And then what we did was we answered a few pre-interview questions, scheduled the interview. The whole thing only took a few minutes. In our interview, it was about 30 minutes long. It was easy. You just call in over your phone from your living room. From there, Artifact's professional editors and sound engineers take care of the edit, and the final product is great. You can listen to it for yourself at heyartifact.com audible. And you can see great examples of how people use Artifact to start your own at heyartifact.com. So use promo code AUDIBLE and get $40 off your episode. Again, heyartifact.com slash AUDIBLE. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, that's an interesting way to frame it because like Stu and I talked about this and I think we had it on the podcast maybe a year ago about like because of just the staggering number of five stars he's brought in. You already had the expectations. Rick did very well. I think it was a very good program, maybe never great, um, just because of no national title. And that's the that's the metric when when Nick Saban's in your division and when Florida's won, when Nick Saban's in your conference and when Florida's won won titles, and now LSU has won a title and L- and Auburn had won a title. I think that you know people look at that and that's what the measuring stick's going to be. And you're right, it's going to it's. It's going to be fascinating to see because the way I looked at it was usually if you do if a coach doesn't win a championship in like within the first few, five years at the school, it doesn't seem like it. It's very rare that it happens later in the process. Yeah, I, I guess I guess that's right. Um, you know, I guess Saban won it fairly early. Well, how long did it take Saban at LSU? Only a couple years. Him, yeah, the, the years, best maybe? the best comparison to Kirby and this is assuming he does eventually break through is Mac Brown at Texas because yeah he he, he would too. yeah he yeah. just he would sign these great recruiting classes and then they would go and lose to Oklahoma again and end up in the Holiday Bowl and he was just he, everybody focused more on the negative than the positive and then he gets Vince Young and they finally win the national title but that was probably seven or eight years into his tenure so well but let, yeah. let let's also not ignore how close they were in year two i mean they're they're one busted coverage away from winning at all i mean they were they were in overtime of the national championship game sometimes people act and look i, I don't want to come off as a homer but some people act like they haven't been close they were yeah that's the only year they've been in the playoff but they had alabama in the way two years ago they had lsu in the way last year and then three years ago they were in it they basically had that game won now yeah they didn't finish it but look this this team's been this team's been really close 
another one who would fit in that category of not a right away championship coach, albeit much different circumstances, is Dabo. I think it was in his seventh year at Clemson before they won a national title and kept on felt like they kept on elevating and elevating and getting closer and closer. Uh, Seth, um, people can buy your book at. I would assume the easiest way to get attacked the day is to go to Amazon.com and any other places you would like to plug. Yeah, I, uh, I've done stuff with Avid Bookstore, which is a small Athens bookstore here in Athens, Georgia, that does a great job. Support local, everybody. Um, but, you know, Triumph Books is a good outfit. If you Google Attack the Day, Seth Emerson, even Attack the Day, Kirby Smart, Google, you can get to wherever uh, platform you can to, to buy it. All right, Seth. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and looking forward to the big game this Saturday. I cannot believe it's week two and they're playing Auburn. It is a weird, weird season, suffice to say. That is for sure, especially since it's actually week five. Okay. For me, <laughs> it's week two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we hear you. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Always great talking to Seth. We will see you guys Sunday morning after that game and so many others. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the Audible on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, give us a review and a five-star rating. It helps get the word out. And you can subscribe to The Athletic right now for just a dollar a month. Go to theathletic.com slash theaudible. Our producer on the Audible is John Hayes. Our theme song is Dangerous by Kevin and the Octaves. You can get their music on Spotify. Saturday night after the games, remember to email us at theaudiblepod at gmail.com so we can get to your questions on Sunday mornings. We'll see you next week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.